big rocks and all that sort of thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and uh, welcome. Welcome to the new year. The new year, the new, new year. year. New podcast. The year of 2112 or 2023, whatever it is. Hang on, 2112. That's the best that's the year I'm going to live to. Just to... Uh, Annoy so me. Just because just of the Rush album and see if it comes true. See if the Federation really do take over. That's, that's, that's... We have assumed control. We have assumed control. I'm, do, I'm, I'm going to do that. Are you? Yes. Yeah, good, good. Yes. See, I, I might be tempted to join you, except I'll be living I have a the, fucking life. I'll be living in the, you know, in the exosphere. Biosphere, the exosphere. On Mars. Well, I've, I've taking been, your mind I've control. Been, yeah, I've been downloaded. Wearing a fucking mask, have, looking like Darth Vader. <laughs> I'll have just downloaded myself into some sort of super intelligence. <laughs> Maybe actually, maybe I will. Maybe I will join the Federation and take over Earth, and that will be twenty one twelve coming true. Right. Yeah. Cool. And I thought I was the one who was having hallucinations <laughs> with all my flu. Uh, by uh, the way, there has do you, been. A- you know the, the Twitter verse or whatever it's called. He's very bored of you coming on every day, going, <laughs> "I've got the flu." I'm really ill. No, I've had messages of sympathy yeah, from all Great over the world. Sympathy. Yeah, I sent you a few. All yeah. Over, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Across the world. Very sorry to hear you're, well, it, you're bed bound. Well, Christmas. What's the difference? <laughs> how do we tell? He's not up yet. How do we tell? Wow. How do we tell if it's just because he's ill or wow. what? You know, he's just I'm an early up. riser. <laughs> yeah. I'm an early riser. I'm up at the crack of dawn. Yeah. Have you noticed it's always first light? Yeah, we leave at first yeah. light. Yeah. How about we leave at about nine? Well, but, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but nine twenty is first light at the moment. It doesn't get. <laughs> it's not like the first light is sort of mm. five thirty. Okay. Well, for those of you not bored and perhaps not on the Twitterverse, uh, I've had very very bad flu. Yeah, it was uh, tragic. Compounded with John's, you know, being ever so busy before Christmas. We haven't done a pod for a while. Yeah, have no, we, John? we're back. You've been busy working on scripts. Yeah, doing, you know, things that writers do. That get, they get paid for. Yeah, get paid actual money for. <laughs> right, so listen, we've got a few things to get through. And I just thought, I just would mention quickly, because I was on Times Radio yesterday evening with <laughs> oh, my yeah. very good friend, John Pienaar. John Pienaar, yeah. His senior political... Former political deputy political correspondent at the BBC, yeah, of course. Yeah. One of the greatest political... He's a very good broadcaster. He's, He's very really good. good, yeah. So uh, he invited me onto his show. Made to... mincemeat of you, probably. Yeah. What do you mean, made mincemeat <laughs> of me? The meeting of two equals, two goliaths yeah. of the media. What did they have you on to talk about? Well... The Eurovision the, Song the, Contest, the breaking, the breaking news... Uh, we now cross to our Eurovision <laughs> Song Contest correspondent... <laughs> Well, John Lydon's Public Image Limited, in other words, John Lydon, uh, are going to be one of six competitors 
six entrants competing for the uh, the honour of becoming Ireland's yeah. uh, next thing, Eurovision well, Song Contest. Uh, next, it, Eurovision know, Song. When, you know, but they don't always okay. know Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, well, that's. But I mean, it's essentially that's like you know the semi-final of Wimbledon between you know Federer and Djokovic. Whoever wins that is going to win the whole thing. Because Ireland always win the European Song Contest. Well, they won it. Uh, they won it more times than anybody else. Than anybody else. Certainly more but it's times. Been a few years. Certainly more times per head of population. The reason they haven't won for several years is they started sending in crap entries because they could no longer afford to hold the contest every year because it costs tr- millions of pounds to keep holding it. So they had to send in. You know, let's get you know. It's Alan, true. Yeah, yeah, Finity from up up the farm to do one. Let's because, get Daniel O'Donnell yeah, to come because, on and yeah. do the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, because we can't afford to win again. It's true. Yeah. We we Irish. We own Eurovision. Yeah. But I do. I just think it's. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's uh, quite sweet. He's, he. Uh, I heard he's he's doing it for us. Quite a sweet reason. It's a song about his wife who has dementia. Nora. Yeah. Well, John's going to be. Uh, John is 67 at the end of January yeah. and Nora is already 80 yeah. and she's had Alzheimer's for quite a few years. But he's done this song called Hawaii. Uh, have you heard it? I heard a bit of it on the radio. Yeah, not Times Radio. I well, I, 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 I... Because I, I to, we'll talk later about me unfortunately tuning into something <laughs> and seeing your horrible face. I'm across a yeah. lot of shit, <laughs> you know. Um, unavoidable. Yeah, unavoidable. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's uh, I, the first time I played it. I, I said this to John Pienaar just last oh, night. I think you said uh, this to John Lydon. No, John Because, of course, John's very interested in what you think of it. <laughs> I, said, I, I, I said my first reaction was, how appalling. You know, it's just this dreadful dirge. But because I'm very diligent when it comes to research, as regular as listeners know. will know, yeah. I played it a couple more times. And the fuckers started growing on me a little yeah. bit. It is very sad, though. It's all about journeys coming to an end. Yeah, and I think, it, yeah, and sort of the way we, you know, with dementia, you sometimes have these little breakthroughs where people will remember something quite significant. Yes. And then it goes again. and it's yes. sort of quite, So I think, you know, the planets are aligning for John Lydon to, let's say, crown his career. By winning the Eurovision Song Well, when contest. you say crown his career... it's quite. I think it's quite a punk thing to do in these days to go and win the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> you know, you're, not, so you're saying the notion of credibility is dead. Yes. Credibility no longer matters. Yeah. We're yeah. in an atomised world. But Who cares if you're credible or not? No one gives a shit, do yeah. they? The yeah. notion of criticism is dead. Yes. That's yeah. what he's saying, and he's saying it well. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's what you had sh- your, your, that's what you you had your cocoa that's pops what you this should have morning, said to John Pienaar, but you wouldn't have had the wit to come up with that. That's look, all you could do was blow your nose. Yeah, did you? Sorry, John, I've had the flu. I and John said, I, I know, I read it on Twitter. <laughs> I just want to say, I wish you every we, we, health like David recovery. Covered, we wish you well. Yeah, because you know your pod keeps me going. <laughs> Yes, I said, thanks, did. John. He said, he just one thing. Can you ask the other bloke to fucking speak yeah. up? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, when are you getting yeah. some decent equipment? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, but lastly on Leiden, before we go, I, I, your point about no one gives a shit anymore is absolutely spot on. Yeah. But I think Leiden is turning into high art. I mean, I didn't know this till I was 
uh, researching, researching your my item with John yeah. Pienaar on Times Radio. I hope they paid you for this, seeing as you did some I, I never discuss money. Anything <laughs> as vulgar as money. Um, or people don't discuss it with me. Um, uh, he He... He was in the, the American version of The Masked Singer. Was he? Was he he like... played a character called the Jester. Oh, okay. And he didn't get like voted out. He like didn't get junker. voted out until episode eight. So I don't know how many of these... singing, yeah. I don't know how many of these they do. Well, but, um, yeah. You would have thought his voice might be a tiny bit more recognisable. But, but is it, though? I mean, you know, he, he doesn't sing like he did in The Sex Pistols anymore, does he? No, but, but he with, still can't with, sing. Even with, even with public image, he wasn't doing that. Yeah, but they used to auto-tune it, don't they? I, I saw a bit of The Masked Singer when it was first. And, and it, they're just fiddling with the voice so you can't tell no, who it is. No, God, no. Are you suggesting that they manipulate mm. the audience? I'm suggesting they start getting some good people in it. I mean, there's a lot of heavy metal dudes that be really good in The Masked Singer. Can you imagine if Ronnie Dio had been oh, on The Masked Singer? Be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. They, there'd be no doubt it was him. Yeah. Especially when he started... I want someone to go on The Masked Singer and do a Dio song. That would be good. I don't care who it is. Holy dive! Speaking of Dio songs, there's another item we should should alight on. Uh, You're saying this is a news special. As we're back. Um, As we're back, this is a news special. If that makes you feel more comfortable. A round-up. You like it. you get out your green pen and your red pen, yeah, and you, this is my roundup. Editorially, this is my, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. You're getting further away from I'm the not, mic. Well, I, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> oh, did you? So that's never you, stopped you, give you before. A bit of space. Usually, that's when you. What? You that's usually when you dive in, is yeah, when well, I'm about on, to say something. Go on, say what you're going to say. Go on. I was going to say uh, it came to our attention uh, before Christmas. That um, Bob Dylan has a new book out. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. It's called his agent rang him and said, "Bob, can you have a look <laughs> through that pile of paper that's by your desk? Because I think I can get something out of that." <laughs> we'll call it the collected works. Yeah, yeah, collected by bloody D, you know yeah. DPS. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob's okay, house yeah. All right. Easy, easy, easy Tiger. Easy. I'm just saying. It's because he's a Donovan is. fan. You're either Dylan or Donovan. You're clearly Donovan. I don't know who Donovan is. Yes, you do. Um, he wrote that song about you. They call me Mellow Yellow. Oh, yeah, that's that Donovan, Quite right. isn't yeah. They call me Mellow Yellow. I Anyway, Dylan has a new book out, a name I can't remember, but it's like the history of songs. And he talks about Bob Dylan's written the history of songs. Yes. Yeah. What, what, what is this? Yes, though. Because well, I don't. I mean, what, you don't. Bel- I'm making it up. I know. I believe. I. I just. I, I. I sort of think of Bob Dylan getting up in the morning. Yeah. Shuffling about. Yes. For a bit. I've got the book. Shall I go and get the mumbling book? a few things? Oh, for fuck's sake! Yes, he's done it. Writing it's been it widely reviewed. Okay. And if you'd been anywhere near a bookshop in the last three months, <laughs> have, you'd have seen it. Anyway, see it. back to the I was point. Just checking in passing, he makes reference. To the Rainbow Track, Stargazer. Yeah, as being a classic. As one of the classics. Yeah. But he says it's by... Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Well, I mean, effectively, it is, isn't it? When you think of Stargazer, what do you think of the vocal performance? I mean, it's... Oh, and, I, I and think the, lyrics, of the whole track. And the lyrics. You oh, know, the lyrics the lyrics are amazing. 
Go on, quote me. Yeah, what is the high noon I'd sell my soul for water? Nine years worth of breaking my back. There's no sun in the shadow of the wizard. Wizard. Yeah, see how he rides. Why, he's lighter than air. Oh, I see his face. Where is your star? Just cashmere in the background. It's just cashmere, isn't it? When do we leave, I believe? Yes. First light at first light at the crack of dawn. Dan, Dan, Dan. Dan, 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 Street with no name. Bob, Bob is quite right. It's Dio's song. It's it Dio's yeah. moment. Okay. Yeah. Although Cozy's amazing on it, isn't he? That's he is. He's got, I mean, you have to be surrounded by good performances. But the <coughs> reason we remember Stargazer is because of Ronnie. Okay. And Bob has alighted on that fact very accurately. Well, but people might, don't understand. It is Dylan was Rich- a serious Dio fan. Yeah, and he might. And okay, it might annoy Richie Blackmore. Everything annoys if Richie, Richie gets to hear him. But Bob is speaking the truth. Well, you can bet people have told Blackmore about oh, yeah. that straight away. Well, he's probably got a Google alert, hasn't he? <laughs> for, the, for his name <laughs> and Dio's name. His name, Dio's name, and the yeah. word black. Yeah. Because did you ever see that clip of Richie on YouTube uh, with um, the singer, the wife, what's her name? In Oh, uh, Candice Knight. There you go, Candice <laughs> Knight. And they're sitting there. Amazing. She's dressed as Maid Marian, and he's yeah. dressed as Robin Hood. Or, yeah, she's or she's telling him. She's going how much she loves to be her support act. Absolutely, he, and, Richie's always wanted to be in a medieval band, <laughs> fronted by me, playing his lute, and, managed, and he's got his fucking doing his yeah, big but, boots. But up, he's explaining his Robin Hood. Boots. I, I thought, is this a spoof? Because with Blackmore, you, you know, never he is know. such a prankster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's putting it mildly. He's such a mind game player. Yeah. But he's saying in this interview uh, his his love of the colour black. And, and, and he's explaining that all his clothes are black. It's so tap. Um, he's like, and they're like, what's so like black everything? What, like pyjamas? Yeah. yeah. Underwear? Yeah, all my underwear is black. All my socks are black. Yeah. His bed sheets are black. Yeah. His pillows are black. And I'm watching this going... Yeah. He must know this is hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he does. Or does he? No, I think he does. I think he very much does. He's a smart cookie. He is. He I tell is. you what, I like the medieval stuff. Yeah, it's all right. Hum, yeah. bum, diddly, do, diddly, 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 diddly. That's yeah. not it, is it? That's more well, no, I mean, he, sort of, he does the odd rainbow song, doesn't he? But sort of transposed. In medieval down, style. Transposed for loot. For, yeah. <laughs> so does he go... No, that's a flute. That's a flute. The lute's like a, you know, like a miniature guitar. Oh, so does it go... You know, the sort of thing... Yeah, the sort of thing you would play... So does he go... So does he go... So does he go... Dum 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 dum. He doesn't do Stargazer. Yes, he does. He doesn't, he does... He probably does, you know, Temple of the King, things like that. Why wouldn't he do Stargazer? Because it's, you know, Stargazer... Requires the electric guitar. No, not when you've got a lute. Yeah, it does. Not it does. There in, are other not in them days. He probably does like man on the. Oh, he probably does catch the rainbow. You know. No, oh, no, that's no, that's too far. That is a Roddy song. And ride. That the is, sky. You, know, you know what it's about, don't you? You know what it's about. It's about Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. It's about catching Wendy. Who he rainbow. met 
in the Rainbow. When she Rainbow. was working as a waitress in the Rainbow Bar. Which was all revealed when I saw the Dio film. Oh! The Dio film, Dreamers Never Die, which was on YouTube. <coughs> was it really? It was at the price I like, i.e. free. <laughs> So I watched The price it. I can af- we can so, all afford. Yeah. So I watched it. And? It, it was very good. It, it had a lot of Mick Wallin, I have to say. It I think that was what made sort of it based good. Around, very much based around Mick Wallin. And recorded in this very room we're in now. Oh, I thought... Well, yes, but it had the, it had the vintage clips. They were the best ones. <laughs> the one of when me and Ronnie were, at his you house. Ronnie, you and Ronnie at his house. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm and saying to him things like, so, Ronnie, uh, when, when did you first get this suit of armour? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Wamak. Yeah. And then Wendy's going, yeah, we've cleared the house out since then, but the suit of armour would have been over there. I thought that was great, actually, where they cut back to that and then she'd you saw the, the room now. She, yeah, but she'd had the pool table, like, made into a coffee table. <laughs> I thought Ronnie had been going, right, what's happened to my pool table? Well, yeah. when I had the legs went back off. to that same house when we were working on the book yeah. um, in in just before COVID and... Uh, uh, I'm going to. I'm saying to which room? It looks so different. It looks familiar, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like they've redecorated. Well, they got rid of the suit of armor. They got rid of the yeah. the, the lec. What did he call it? Lectern? Oh, yeah, he had a lectern with a Bible on it, didn't he? Like I mean, a 14th century yeah. Bible, open yeah. with a candle. Yeah, and most. I don't think they showed this in the mo- in the documentary, but there was a, a children's playroom. Oh. With, but it was like very 19th century, wooden rocking horse, yeah. building blocks. Ronnie used to get on. <laughs> Little guy. <laughs> that's what it was for. It was, I mean, people don't know that. I, I, that's not funny, John. I used to be in there at night thinking, I'm like, Wendy, Wendy, I've got an idea. In yeah. fact, I'll let you into a secret. He yeah. told me... He wrote one of his most famous songs while on that rocking horse. Yeah, which was We Rock. Yeah, yes. We Rock. <laughs> yeah, and, dead, 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 dead. He was originally on yeah. the rocking horse playing a lute. Yeah. Um, he came up with it. Dum, dum, dum. How does it go? It rock. just goes, We Rock. Dan, 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 We Rock. Dan, 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 Dan. Like that. Does it? Yeah, sure it just like simple. No, I don't think yeah, it does it is. like that. It's very brain much damage, okay. mate. Um, very much okay. But you enjoyed very yeah, much. It was enjoyed. good. I thought it was, it, again, what it did is it made me sad because I thought, I wish Ronnie could see now. Yeah. what esteem he is held in mm. and what impact his career had. Because, I, I mean, I know people sort of did think that at the time. But I, I think if he could see now, you know, qu- quite some time after his death, mm. how he is regarded, I think that would be a great sort of reward for, you know, the, the music that he made. Because, he re- you know, you really... That's what the film does brilliantly, is it gives you this notion of... You know, where he sits in in the history of the heavy pantheon, metal. and and you have other greats of the genre now turning round and saying, "Look, you know, this guy was, you know, really was the voice in many ways of of that particular strand of metal." And the fact that he kind of coined his own vernacular, you know, Jack Black talks about, "Oh, it was amazing when you were a kid because it was all about." rainbows and wizards and you know and it was it was this kind of whole world that he created that was good you know we sort of he was laughed a, at he was a writer he was a writer he had this very singular vision of what he was about yeah and he always stuck to that and there's a bit where he leaves rainbow and 
you know, yeah, he all gets chucked out of Rainbow. And it's because, you know, he won't deviate he from that vision. He doesn't want to turn into Foreigner no, or he, Boston. Yeah, which is what Richie wants. And okay, fair enough. But to have the kind of, you know, integrity to say, you know, yeah, you do that, but I'm not going to do it. Even though I, I could make loads of money, you know, we probably would be really successful. To have the integrity not to do that, yeah. I think really speaks of how committed to what he was doing he was. And a- then, yeah. A- absolutely. I mean, he was one very, very intelligent guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Blackmore, like all of us, I guess, but such a mass of, I mean, as was Ronnie, but such a mass of contradictions. So, he leaves purple because I mean it'll be, it's always personalities and money, but the ostensible reason is they're going funky, they're leaving behind the true musical yeah. identity. <clears throat> uh, hooks up with Ronnie, um, and the thing about Blackmore's you know we talk about Blackmore's night, but he was using like what, medieval classical scales even back then. Yeah. Yeah, he he didn't come from yeah, a no, blues no, tradition. No, no. no, not particularly. He wasn't like yeah. you know. Eric Clapton or something. He really was into these scales and mathematics. And, of course, that totally appealed to Ronnie. And it was through that that Ronnie built his metaverse of dragons and queens and wizards and kings. Um, One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And it was a very pure thing, and people loved it. I'm sure if they had stayed together, they'd have made America, because that was Probably. that was Richie's well, I mean, bugbear, I mean, was America. Yeah, because Sabbath did, you know, Sabbath, Heaven and Hell comes out, and as the documentary again points out, Heaven and Hell was a big hit in America. Yeah. And that's a kind of heavier album yeah. than anything Rainbow would have made. But yeah, so I mean, that that was it. And it was the, the stuff about his early life was brilliant. Because there's a lot of footage that I'd never seen. Me too. You know, which was brilliantly sort of you know, funny. And it's a bit like, it's a, I tell you, a film that was on over uh, Christmas was Goodfellas. And you sort of, at the start of Goodfellas, they do this kind of, Scorsese does this sort of 20 minutes where the main character, Henry, starts off as a kid and he's played by one actor and it sort of runs you through how he gets to his sort of 20s as a gangster, you know. And it's just a brilliant bit of filmmaking, that. And it kind of whizzes the story along. And that's kind of a bit, reminded me of that Dio thing because it's the Italian background. Yeah. And you see him as a very little kid and he's playing his trumpet and he's got his hair combed. And then he sort of gradually metamorphosizes into 
elf where he takes on the persona of an elf, of an elf you know? yeah. and you've got this an ama- evil elf yeah you've got this amazing cover of the first elf album which is fucking ronnie done up with a fake nose you know like looking like an evil elf and yeah. it was very funny so you it was almost like that spinal tap thing where they they you know they show you tap in their younger days when they're doing cups and cakes and all the rest of it oh, he, it, he, he kind of went <clears throat> even beyond that didn't he because <clears throat> Spinal Tap, you know, were sort of tuning into that sort of Beatles kink yes, thing where yeah, they yeah. start in suits, yeah, they, then yeah, it's that's flower right. yeah, power, yeah. turns into heavy rock. Yeah. But Ronnie went even further back to bow ties and Dean yeah, Martin. Like, and Yeah, like sort of 50s lounge stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, that was really interesting. And then he kind of... So you actually sort of realise by the time he gets to Rainbow, He's already sort of 30 or something. He's 35. Yeah, so he's got to make it. You know, yeah. he's got to. This yeah. is, gives you the real impression of, right, now I understand why that, that decision we just spoke about was such a big decision because, you know, he's almost getting to the point where you think if, you, if you're 35 and you're not made it, you're probably getting Especially to the point. Especially in the 70s. Yeah. Well, you, you might you know, as well be 65. Yeah, you, you're not going to be making it. But then he, you know, has this meeting with Iomi, who's his usual deadpan self. It must be, again, professing complete ignorance of everything that happens in his band. Because <laughs> he has no, I, yeah. I genuinely think he doesn't remember half of it. No, he doesn't, doesn't care. It's like when they're talking about why would he leave Sabbath and all that. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's something to do with a live album or something. He just, he doesn't know for whatever reason. At the premiere, which yeah. you were invited to, but you were indoors that night doing your hair. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, maybe, no. Uh, um, Iomi was sat behind me. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Um, but at a certain point, I think around the bit where Ronnie leaves Sabbath, just, I needed a drink. My yeah. glass is empty. So I go out to get a drink. You didn't have someone there bringing you. No, see that was a complete an oversight. It's the it's the star of the film. (laughs) The Ronnie James Dio film (laughs) featuring (laughs) Mick Wall. So, um, uh, so I missed a a crucial bit where I go to the loo, get a drink, talk drunkenly to the bartender, and come back. Um, And afterwards, people were saying, "Oh, it was so funny," you know. Because Tony was sitting right behind you when you were saying all that stuff, and I'm thinking, what stuff? What all that? What all that? I don't know. I wasn't there. I think, I think you might have. I think you might have suggested it had something to do with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. Surely not. No. Um, but uh, I, I also was funny. Glenn Hughes was in it a lot. Mm. He was kind of, and I don't really necessarily associate Glenn Hughes with the Ronnie James Dio story, but he was spouting off a lot. Well, the, the, it, it, they were pals, I think, were they? Glenn was in Deep Purple with Blackmore. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Glenn later joined Sabbath when he became Iommi's yeah, solo singer. None, none of which is anything to do with Ronnie Dio, particularly. It's the era, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's the it's era. The era. Yeah. And yeah. also, they're both. Yeah. The voice of rock, aren't they? Well, that's how Glenn used to. (laughs) Ronnie is, yeah. Glenn used to betray the voice of rock. The voice of rock. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, the other the other bit I thought was particularly telling was when they come to the recording of uh, the of Stars, which is the sort of heavy metal version of Live Aid. Yeah, they had some great footage from that. They did, you know, which is really really kind of nostalgic now of. Uh, you know the what happened was the the, the hearing aid the, the um, hearing aid what was it called the band aid oh band aid band aid happened and no when Michael Jackson did the American song which is called We Are the World he somehow neglected to invite the stars of heavy metal so Ronnie being a kind of 
you know, a, a defender of the faith, as it were, goes, well, I will stuff that, I'll do my own one, which he did. Right. Fair play to him. Gets on the phone to all of these, you know, the heavy metal stars of the day, invites them to a studio, exactly as Band-Aid had happened, and they all record Ronnie's song, which is called Stars. And they each get a line to sing. And it was brutal. I mean, they, uh, yeah. and that, this was when you sort of, again, get this suggestion of the regard that Ronnie was held in. You had people like Rob Halford turning up and singing. And Halford was doing his... And, and Ronnie's kind of and like, Ronnie, no, Ronnie just, no, again. On the, on the intercom, no, you can do better than that. Again... <laughs> And it was like, and then they had Don Dockin. Don Dockin. Who fair play to Don Dockin. He goes, you know, he goes I've got Ronnie Dio yeah, yeah, staring yeah, at yeah, me. And, it, and, and you know, they show you Dockin doing his bit, you know, and it doesn't go very well. And Dio's like, that, that's, that's, I don't know, he doesn't say that's crap, but he basically implies yeah. that's crap. Yeah. yeah. And and says, no, you can then do you're under no, you're under no you, doubt as yeah, to what he yeah, thinks. You can do much better. And then you're back in and Dawkins sort of very, very willingly telling the story against himself very nicely about like how he was feeling. There's a lovely clip as well with David St. Hubbins of Spinal Tap. We're talking about Malmsteen. In in character. Can you remember what he said about Malmsteen? He said... uh, he said, "What I liked was because Mal seems there doing it because Dio himself is. I think I think it's Dio. He says, or one of them says, the the funny thing about the day was they had to end the song with this guitar solo, and the song ends up being about eight minutes long because everyone has to do a guitar solo. And one of the people who has to do a guitar solo is Ingve Malmsteen, and Davidson Hummins goes, "What I like about Ingve Malmsteen is that he identifies himself." as Ingve J. Malmsteen, just so you don't get him confused <laughs> with all the other Ingve. <laughs> Which he says completely deadpan. Yeah, oh, he's Which brilliant, is isn't Very he? funny, yeah. He's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, okay, well... And, and the, so I thought the film was terrific, and uh, I thought Wendy was, uh, you know, honest in the fact she said, you know, she basically uh, admitted that they had split up you know, their marriage are kind of... Broke. Yeah, I was surprised although, you know, by the level of uh, honesty. Yeah, she said, you know, although... But she said, which also was absolutely true, and she's proven by her subsequent actions, is that they were a team, her and Ronnie, and that would never be broken up. And yeah. she's kind of showed that by the way she has gone on to make all of these things happen. And also... And also... Um, He wanted her to remain in post. Um, one of the things when I was working on the book, um, you know, because you end up just chatting to people that work in Wendy's office or, yeah. you, know, you know. And um, there was one guy, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name. Very good guy. Like, kind of like Wendy's office manager these days. He only started working for Wendy um a few years before Ronnie died. And at that point, of course, it's a bit of a nadir. There's no Sabbath, there's no rainbow. Dio is not a platinum act and hasn't been for 20 years. And he didn't know who Ronnie James Dio was. Um, And it only became apparent to him over weeks and months because he said Ronnie would come in. He said, we always just thought of him as Wendy's husband. You know, it wasn't like, oh, Ronnie, James, yeah, Theo's coming. Right, yeah, yeah. It was like, here comes Wendy, bloody hell. Oh, and she's brought the husband. Yeah, you know? yeah. He said, and then the, uh, there was an occasion when Wendy had a meeting with some big record company head honcho about something or other. And uh, Ronnie was there. 
and this guy, Andy or whatever his name was, uh, he came along because he was driving and and uh, Ronnie said, no, you come to the meeting as well. And it's in a restaurant and they're at this table and this record company guy and Wendy, they're going at it. And meanwhile, Ronnie's sitting over here just chatting to this bloke. Right. So what do you do, you know? And the guy goes, I still wasn't quite connecting the dots because, you know, it was, it was all about it was all about Wendy and this record company bigwig. Yeah. He said, meanwhile, the husbands are chatting to me. I just thought he was there maybe to give moral keep, support, moral support yeah. but not involved. Yeah. He said, and then it becomes clear. He said, but wow. He said, it, it, this is interesting. He goes, he said it was like he had zero ego, which, of course, I don't believe for a no, second. But, no. but I guess that was in his days when, because Wendy had this huge, luxurious furniture place, Hollywood type deal where you make an appointment to go in and it's all very expensive. And I think that was their main earner. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because, I mean, the other thing you sort of see is once, and they do deal with Viv Campbell leaving Dio, you know, that which has <clears> always <throat> been a point of acrimony between mm. the two. And I don't think him and Ronnie ever made it up. No. Um, and I, I think Campbell just, it was over money. Yeah. Campbell thought he should be paid more and that's, they ended up falling out about it. You look at how many guitarists Ozzy has. Yeah. How many of those has he made up with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, so they deal with that, but then, you know, this sort of slump comes, doesn't it? This, this slump in his career, which sort of, I mean, again, that goes to that point of saying, I wish he could see now, you know, how his career has panned out. Because I think even to the point where he gets ill, he's not sort of back on top of the mountain, is he? Not in the way he is now where he is very much in the kind of pantheon of legends, you know. I think also a cruel irony uh, of Dio's career was this, uh, and I don't think it was Aussie's doing at all, um, but the, 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 the more than a shadow, this kind of spectre that, that presents obstacles to him. So... Um, you know, heaven the and hell. Spectre looms again. I it just does. thought of that. That's, the, the shadow that's of, of the That's one wizard. of his lyrics. Uh, kill the king. Treason, treason. The spectre looms again. Well, there you go. Yeah, you see, it he was, knew. It was like a pre-future vision of Aussie. Because he joined Sabbath, which in those days, re- replace, it would have been like someone replacing David Lee Roth or Phil yeah. Liner or, yeah. you know, I can't think. Someone um, big. Robert Plant or something. It just wasn't done. Yeah. These days, it doesn't matter, you yeah. know. But back then, it was. Are you uh-huh. sure this this smell? But it's great when it, in the in the film when Iomi goes. I had this thing. And he gets his guitar out and he plays Children of the Sea, right. and you're like, oh wow, that was the first thing they wrote. You know, what well, a song. Well, um, so he comes in extraordinary, makes this extraordinary album, has this extraordinary impact, completely revives the band. They actually are much bigger than Aussie for that first album. Yeah. Um, and yet it all comes tumbling down just as Aussie's career takes off like a rocket. Yeah. Um, but then he has his own career, all wonderful, wonderful. But by the time you get to the 90s and that still overlooks Dehumanizer album, which wasn't one of my favourites. I love that track, I. Yeah. Little, I. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? I. That, I. Why, do, why does Mick Wall like the song called I? Yeah. Because it says it all. Yeah, because. <laughs> um, but they were Black Sabbath. And then Sharon does the do. 
and they can't be Black Sabbath mm. anymore. Not only that, but Sharon, because she's a genius strategist, revives Aussie Sabbath, something which every, Aussie particularly was like, never in a million yeah. fucking years. But yeah, how about a million, hundred million dollars? Yeah. And then right, you know, right up to the end, I mean, Heaven and Hell, I liked it that it showed that Heaven and Hell were uh, an ongoing, they were viable again. Yeah. They couldn't be Black Sabbath, even though they were. But they, they, you know, it was more viable than a Dio tour. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, it was. You don't know how it would have all played out, but I think in the end, what you're left with are, and what the the film puts across is these three great records that Ronnie makes over the course of his life, which Rainbow Rising, Heaven, Heaven and, and Hell, and Holy Diver, mm-hmm. and they are three pillars of the genre of music and i mean when you think about it apart from the really true true greats the sort of led zeppelins or whatever who else makes three albums particularly with three different bands mm. that are all classics totally. I mean, and that there is a consensus around there's no one saying that you know heaven and hell isn't a classic even ozzy would say and i'm sure he has said it's a great record you know whatever you say it's a great record you know, so to have made three landmark it's albums, extraordinary. It's, it is extraordinary. Completely yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. And I love the thread. I love the thread that runs through as well, because um, by the time Ronnie is booted out of Rainbow, left by mutual consent, yeah. booted out with no money, nothing. Um, he, yeah, he writes all the time. So I can't help but think that, you know, that time he goes to the studio with Iomi, and Naomi comes up with Children of the Sea. Yeah. And he's like, I, I, let me I'll see if I can come yeah, with some yeah. words. He's already got something Let me that, see, yeah. you know. Um, so I think there's that thread. And then, of course, when you get to Holy Diver, uh, famously, the track Holy Diver, yeah. Ronnie had written for the next Sabbath album. Right. Oh, can you imagine that being played by Sabbath? It would have been slow, maybe even slower. You know, dun, 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 dun. it would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when he and when he played live in the original in in the early days of the Dio, he would do um, not just Holy Dive, but he'd do Children of the Sea and yeah. Neon. Oh, he did. Yeah, Heaven I saw the first. I'm seeing the first Dio tour. And he would also he did, do yeah. some rainbow. Yeah. You know, quite right. He wrote he wrote the bit songs. of rainbow, bit of this, bit of that. Why not? <laughs> he did Man on Silver Mountain, I think. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. You're right, you're yeah. right. So anyway, John, uh lots more to discuss, but uh that's gonna be for next for next time. time. Next See time. See you next time, readers. Yes. Re- you re- listeners, whatever you are. First, they're callers. Yeah, callers. These, call, <laughs> goodbye, callers. What callers? Are yeah. you mad? And now it's, thank you, readers. <laughs> Granddad's got no fucking idea, do you, Granddad? 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. How do I stop this, Fern? 